You might love Howard, you might hate Howard, but you know who the fuck I am. <laughs> True story. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. You know what? I just got some stuff to do in the snake room, so I really... Yeah, just have to focus on taking care of critters. So, you know, you get what you pay for. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> this will be fun. I'm looking forward to this, guys. All right, go live whenever. Oh, we're live, dude. Just we just, I, I tried to start, but then we started. Okay. So, sorry, these are noise-canceling fucking headphones. Uh, <laughs> welcome to, what, I don't know what number 62. it is. 62 of From the Ground Up. Um, today we have a special guest who is very special, the infamous Ice Cube. That's yeah, yeah. My, my special <laughs> guest. But um, Evan just kind of showed up. He lives like 10 minutes down the road, so. I had to see my buddy Howard and see you guys. So. He just popped in. Um, a little shit that we need to get out of the way is, um, t-shirts are for sale, obviously, poorcitypythons.com. Uh, what else is there really? Um, Amazon links will be in the description of the video as well as all of our YouTube videos and in the description of the podcast. And all you have to do is click on the Amazon links and purchase things that you normally would. And that's pretty much it. All right, now I guess we'll talk a little bit about Southern Carpet Fest. Southern Carpet Fest. Uh, for those of you that will be attending or want to attend, as of this moment, we had a venue, and now we don't. So plans have changed a little bit. We are trying. We've got two weeks to come up with a new spot, and we will get that taken care of and let you guys know please follow us on southern carpet fest uh the facebook page and stay ready for updates and i'll let everybody know what's going on you can pm me personally it's under andrea evan browder yes i share a profile with my wife no neither one of us cheated whipped <laughs> but it's it's just she doesn't even share on there and i just it's all pictures that we would share back and forth anyway so Anywho, but that's 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 the reason why we share a page. So, but uh, yeah, PM me like I said. You can PM me on there. You can uh, DM me on Instagram or at Carpet Cartel, my Facebook page, whatever. And uh, like I said, I'll let y'all know what's going on. <clears throat> but it's as far as we know right now, Carpet Fest is still going down. Yeah, I would do it as far as plan everything for the same date we just don't know exactly where it will be somewhere in dfw area which narrows it down to like three hours within fucking dallas because this place is crazy but um mostly because our guest today is howard redding from redding reptiles and he already bought plane tickets to come out here so we're gonna try to as best as we can we're gonna keep it the same date yep southern howard fest there you go so Howard's over there cleaning cages. Hopefully he can hear us. And um, so Howard, what's the deal with the flamingo? I just want to get that out of the way in the beginning. All right, quick story, which won't be too quick. All right, um, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, known him for many, many years, decades even. He got married at the uh, 
Oakland Zoo. And it was a nice, you know, like, you know, kind of hippy-dippy thing. You know, those Cali people. And they had flamingos set out. So, well, Howard thought it was a good idea to take a flamingo. Nevertheless, I get dropped off at the airport. There's a flamingo in the back of the rental car, of my buddy's rental car. So I said, you know, just take it and do whatever, and we'll see what happens. So that Mingo, Flamingo Mingo, went to the uh, Oakland A's game the next day. And he was spotted several other places in town. So then we kind of made a thing of it where he traveled. Um, I He was brought back from California to Maryland. And I kept him and uh, we became good friends. And we went... We've been everywhere. We've been to back to SoCal. We were there at the Pomona show. Um, we've been to Florida multiple times. Um, Chicago. We've been all over the country. And it's just, I don't know, it's just something that's kind of fun and whimsical. There's a group of us that were at the wedding that uh, pass them off and take them different places. Um are you He's, uh, been on displays? No, 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 no. He's not to reproduce. <laughs> he's, he's, he's right in the same game line that I am. He is not able to, uh, procreate. <laughs> that, that's just, no. For, for, for society's sake or anything else, but no, it was, it was just something fun. And it started off as a little joke at the wedding um, when I was getting dropped off at uh, O'Hare and uh, or Oakland rather. And uh, then once it went to uh, the O's game and here, there and elsewhere, it just kind of snowballed from there. Gotcha. So I guess we'll revert a little bit back to kind of how you got started about what time frame did you start keeping reptiles and what got you into it i'm glad you asked and i might even have to stop for a moment for this question all right the way this sounds like newspaper ruffling (laughs) that's pretty much all we got on our end oh i'm cleaning cages sorry um that's that's a good question how does it start Yes, and about what time did you get interested in reptiles? It, it starts. Every little boy likes dinosaurs. And 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 every little people like dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> and then you find yourself like like me personally, and I know a lot of other people. Um, you're you're in the woods or the creeks or the streams or whatever and and finding different things and seeing different you know reptiles amphibians and flipping stones and finding crawfish that you never even thought about eating but later in life you know you're gonna love the hell out of those fuckers um and then it just uh i guess i i caught a uh green snake a smooth green snake here in uh maryland when I was, I don't know, six or seven and I kept it and 
I killed it. Because <laughs> because well, I was just probably both. Well, well, no, it died, so therefore I killed it. I mean, I took it out of the wild, and it was in like you know whatever in, you know in at my house, um, and then it it evolved into I guess in ninety. I got involved in different uh, organizations, got involved with a local nature center, and uh, we got some okiti corn snakes. And in 93, I decided to pair them up, and I bred them and hatched them out. Um, So that's that's the first time I did a breeding was was in 93 with some locality uh, okiti or okiti. Um, corn snakes. All right, sweet. So how did you evolve from there? Where did you go from corn snakes? And were you successful your first time out? With the corn snakes? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was right off, right out of the bat. Corn snakes were fine. Um, and then, of course, as a lot of new keepers coming into this, um, not even keepers, just people that get interested in reptiles, what happens is at the beginning, they they buy a bunch of everything because they're on fire. They want to buy one of these and one of these and they like these and like that. And then that's what I did. And then I started slimming down and specializing. And then I found um, John Martin. Uh, from New Jersey and I was looking at carpet pythons at the Mid-Atlantic Reptile Show in Timonium, Maryland which was huge it was the second largest show in the country at the time aside from at that point it was probably the Orlando show because that was yeah that predated the Daytona show and so I, I was able to meet with John and uh, get one of those animals from him. And he's still breeding and, and producing animals at today. And uh, I bought one from him. And this little, you know, that little carpet bit the snot out of me. Every chance he got, every opportunity he had, he bit me. So I got discouraged and ended up selling him. And then I bought a uh, eh, 18, 18 month old animal. And at that point with carpet pythons, typically they're relaxed. They're past that defensive point. They're, they're not as defensive. They're, they have a large enough size to where they feel confident with themselves. They're not considered a prey item anymore. Um, and I had that and it just passed this last uh, May last year. After having it for 27 years. Man. So what made you say, hey, that really sucked, and then pretty much just get a new one? <laughs> you just traded it out for an older model? What made you think yeah. it was going to be different the second time around? It's a different animal. I was, I, to be honest with you, at that time, I, I didn't think about that. I thought I was just so fascinated with that, with the Morelia you know, with the, the carpet pythons 
whatever, I'll try another one. All right, you know, I get a crappy one, whatever. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on. And I did. And then, uh, so I decided that I guess I was 18, 19 at the time. And with vending all these shows and seeing people behind the tables like uh, Jason Balin, and even though I didn't know Balin at this time, but I know he vended there, and uh, Buddy Buscemi and a lot of Mark, you know, a lot of other people, I was like, you know, one day I'm going to be on that side of the table. So when I was looking at those animals, they're kind of spendy animals when you're, you know, 18 years old. I'm like, ah, well. So I ended up uh, kind of, I shut down for a while, sold off uh, a lot of my animals, got my career, my life going, and got a got a job, got a vehicle, a house, et cetera, and so forth, and got to the point that, hey, I'm financially stable, whatever, whatever that means these days. But uh, yeah, I was, so I said, all right, let's do it. So uh, I got back in the carpets of all the projects I worked with. And I, I did, uh, I had Hondurans, I had the Tangerine Hondurans, I had Brazilian Rainbow Boas, Dumerals, um, Eastern Chain Kings, Corn Snakes, just the whole, you know, I, I tried to buy up everything I wanted to work with. And then I uh, stepped away for 10 years and came back into it and the carpet pythons caught my eye again. And that's when the Jaguar morph was just coming out. So what do you, what do you have in the cages behind you? That's your work behind, behind me. I have, um, they're all jungles and coastals. The only thing I work with are jungles and coastals. I don't have any jungle, uh, jungle morphs on hand. Um, the coastals I have are tigers, tiger jags, um, plain, you know, and jags. I have some red jags. How do you feel about the jungles and coastals being the same animal? <laughs> I need proof. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I think they are. I, I think it's a northern and southern variant of them. It's it's the same shit, man. You know, it's I I I I I think it is. It depends on, you know. Give me proof. Yeah, I mean, we're we're all kind of, at least me and Evan. There's just so many reasons why there's no reason to mix them at this point. So it's like, we'll just take. A jungle, let it be a jungle, and a coastal, let it be a coastal, and leave it there. We don't, we don't need jungle jags anymore. We don't need to, you know, put those uh, morphs and stuff in jungles. I mean, I personally like them the way they are, and like the. Oh, I. Separate. I'm sorry, I might have mistaken your question. I was thinking about whether they're the same thing or not. Yeah, yeah. Whether whether you felt like they were the same thing. Yeah, because a lot of people say you know they're just really the same animal. So you can yeah. breed them. Well, right, yeah, you so can breed any carpets, but... Oh! Genetically, 
Genetically, I genetically I think they're very similar. I think it's just the northern and southern variant. I don't know. I'm underqualified, way underqualified to make that statement. However, all of my jungles are jungles. All of my coastals are coastals. I don't do any integrates, any anything. I deal with morphs in two different in the two different subspecies. And what kicks me about this is with a lot of the morphs, and this is me personally, and well, yeah, um, you have an animal that has its own unique trait. Um, jungles, I selectively breed mine to be, you know, the yellow and the black, the rich, dark blacks, tipping, no tipping, banding, whatever. I like my coastals to be, you know, a, a classic color like a Madame Blueberry with the gunmetals, this, that, and the other, tiger jags. They're all individual animals. For me to make an albino jungle jag, that makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> because, and, and the reason why I say that, I mean, everybody can do their own. You know, it's your rodeo, pal. I don't care. But there's all these different things that make these animals unique. So you breed for this black and yellow jungle. Why are you going to make it an albino? So do you think no albinos have a place per period? Well, he's pure coastal, I'm sure. No, 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 no. I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they have. They don't have a place. No. What I'm saying is that they don't. Why? Why? Why do you want to? Why would you want to integrate animals? Like to to the extent that you have an albino. Why do you want to have an albino zebra jag? I, I think because a lot of people because there's you have the albino, you have the zebra and the jaguar, and and they all bring different you know different colors and patterns to the table, you know. Yeah, and I feel once you get to that point, you're not making a better animal. You're just making an animal with more genes that tends to be more washed out. Well, you know, there's there's so many different ways you can go with that. I mean, what uh, what do they really want to, uh, you know, what do you want to do? What is your outlook? Do you want to be, you know, do you want to to keep try to keep up with the Joneses? Do you want to do something different or? I don't know. Or I just no, I just stick with what I have. I I really don't know what so, there is. So you're you know? saying there's no carpondros in your future? Is that animal visible? Yes. Yeah, we can see him. So in my head, why would I make that any different? Any different? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> You know, why Why should I make that? And, you know, what am I looking for? And this animal, this animal has some nice yellows to it, has that nice black to it. 
reasonable amount of tipping, pretty much middle grade of every aspect you might want. So why do I want to make it an albino jaguar? What's but your that's just ideal me. jungle? My ideal jungle? Everyone. Let me... So there's not a particular pattern and color that you're going for? He said what he'd like for was those high yellows and deep, deep blacks. Oh, they're all... Yeah, the deep blacks, all of them are hot. All of them are... This is... And I really don't know how this is looking on video or anything else. That's not. But that's you can tell the, that that's really clean. Yeah, just the, that's the, the, the bands are so. I mean, would that be considered a fifty-fifty? So no. Yeah. No, that's not a fifty-fifty. The words seem. So you you seem to be a banded bright yellow, dark black guy. The the bright yellow, what I try to focus on, and it's going to be noisy because while I'm doing this, I'm multitasking, but the bright yellow, um, I think the main thing is the blacks. Like, you can get the bright yellows in it, but I have some other animals that might not be as visible. Um... They just have that jet black. There's no sheen to it whatsoever. They're just completely jet black. Is it possible? I mean, you think that it's obviously possible to have as dark black as you can get and as yellow as you can get? Or is it the more yellow you get, the more tipping you get, and more faded out the black? I don't quite understand your question. Meaning that when you're breeding for banded bright yellows and blacks, do you tend to get some that are bright yellow, but the blacks aren't quite as uh, as bold? And then you'll have ones that have the blacks really good, but the yellow's not really there. Do they? Is there ever a perfect match? You know, like a compliment where they're both at the same time. That is perfect. That's a perfect question. No. And no, there's never anything perfect. And the reason why nothing's ever perfect is you could, when you're selectively breeding, you should always strive for better. It's always the next thing. I've uh, been producing carpet pythons for seven, eight years now, and I have yet to, to breed something that I have produced. Personally. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, that's crazy. The, like, what you want to do is you want to, like, breed stuff and produce it and get it out there and say, hey, I made this. Right. You know you know why I haven't? Guess why I haven't. You just haven't found the perfect male to go to your female or female to go to your male and you had to outsource? It's not good enough. Right. It's not where I want it to be. So you have zero holdbacks? No, I have a ton of holdbacks. You're just not breeding them? I'm not breeding them. I have holdbacks from, that are, they're well able to, I have holdbacks from six, seven years ago. Damn. 
So you but, do, you, do you feel confident picking him out of the egg? Who's going to oh, be yeah. good? Who's not going to be good? No, right out of the right out of the egg. I know. I know exactly what's going to work. What exactly what I'm looking for. The and there's a couple different markers that I look for. However, the thing is that I want it to be just that right thing. And it's not for me. It's or it's not for the market. It's not for anyone else. It's just for me to to do what I want to do. Right. So is it a thing where you, I mean, you're looking at classifieds or, I mean, you have enough friends there in the Northeast where you can say, fuck, man, like this guy's jungle is better than anything I produced. And then it kind of catches your eye and then you go for it. No. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't happen. (laughs) How do you, how do you source the best looking animals? How do I source them? Well, it's now I'm at the point where I'm past sourcing animals. But if you're not they're, they're, breeding ones you produce, you're getting them from somewhere. No, no, no. I'm raising up the animals that I do produce to see how they turn out. He's going to breed them later. And then breed them and then breed them later. Yeah, there's like if I see something, I, I look at classifieds here and there and if I see something that blows my skirt up, then I'll fucking buy it. But for the most part, I'm just trying to keep everything in here. You know, with what I have, I have good lines. I have, you know, a lot of stuff I have is undocumented. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff is very documented. Some of the stuff, I can't call it documented because it doesn't satisfy my criteria. It doesn't satisfy my, all right, if I'm going to call it this, then it has to go back to this point. It has to be traced back to, you know, so-and-so produced it or so-and-so produced it or whomever. Um, But it just, uh, yeah, so I, I have right now, I have everything I need or that I care to choose um with right now here i'm just trying to get it to my liking so what matters more to you the lineage of it having documented lineage or the best animal if you had to choose between a documented animal that is a little bit not as good looking and an undocumented animal that's just you know as great as you want it to be that's it's just what i want it it it's not uh i'm i'm not big into lineage uh or documentation um it's just what's appealing to me what i enjoy working with okay so excuse me my brain's not working at full capacity but i need to make sure i understand this okay if you're not buying from other people and you're not breeding ones you've produced are you just have you just been breeding the same ones over and over for the past couple years is that what we're saying yes so how do you expect to get better looking ones if you keep braiding the same ones because there's so much uh i guess diversity in a clutch i mean i like let's look at sickness with bill and his green trees those he just did that repeat pairing there's not a guarantee that you're going to get 
another green tree that looks like sickness in that clutch. It's possible. Pay a lot of money to try. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but it's it's possible. So even though you could breed the same pair over and over and over, and then this one time, you get bam, that. You just get this phenomenal animal that. It's just crazy. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I guess it's interesting to me because I feel like normally when we talk about line breeding, it's like, okay, I find the two prettiest ones out of this one and either put them together or put them back to You know, it's like always using the prettiest ones of the babies. And so it's interesting that his thing is like, let me just keep putting together the have, same ones to like it. To keep, you know, a few holdbacks without having to worry about it. I yeah. I guess I just never, I never knew you could. I guess it had to happen at one point. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. Howard, do you keep no, 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 that... anything other than snakes? Pardon me? Do you keep anything other than snakes? Like lizards, geckos, turtles, tortoises, anything? I have two crested geckos and a ball python. Oh, shit. He said the B word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What were you going to say a second ago? No, what I was what I was gonna to retort to you, Melissa, was that the reason why is I have enough animals here, I have enough breeders here or up and coming breeders is to be able to, you know, like you said, put, you know, mother to son, son to daughter, you know, blah blah blah, and try to work it out and just try to nail things down to get that phenotypical, you know, that phenotype that I'm striving for. And at this point, from what I've done, I just haven't gotten that to that point where I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, a, a large enough group of, you know, breedable animals. When's the and last time you a snake? The last time I bought a snake, um, A month or two ago. Was it Morelia? I, I, I got him in on Friday. Oh, no, 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 no. They're they're a side fun project. Got yes. <laughs> And are you familiar with uh, Rampiophis rubropunctatus? I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> to me, but one of the two people next to me might... I know what you're talking about. Whoa, it's, whoa, Joe. Good job. Yes. It's a colubrid. So, and it, it's rear fang, correct? Um, no. Yes, yes, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> oh, you know what? Is, I think you're, aren't they like, like a reddish orange? I think you sent me yeah. a picture of these one time. Well, here's the, here's the thing about those is, um, they're, I, I inherit them to like a hognose snake as far as their inheritance with their rear fanged and, and blah, blah, blah. Common, common names, Rufus beak snake, correct? That's correct. I was about to ask. There has to be a more normal name. <laughs> it's, there's, there's a Rufus beak snake. There's the red beak snake. There's the red headed beak snake. There's your rostratus, your oxyorhynchus and your rubropunctatus. And I'm specifically focused on the Ruber punctatus, um, which is the red-headed beak snake. And I'll go grab this critter. And that's a oh. uh, a heavily imported animal, correct? 
They are. They are. Much to my... I'm not an import guy. I hate importing animals. As much as I work, I do with conservation and everything else. I hate it. And But it is necessary the, at times with certain species. It, it is necessary. And a lot of my zoo folk, I try to explain to them, and I do explain to them, is that without the importation of some of these species uh, that we currently have, they would not somebody's got a message um <laughs> they they wouldn't be in zoos fiji iguanas you know just for one mm-hmm. and then you go on and on and on with all these other species that are currently in zoological collections at you know different places at the aza and guess what they, they were not- all smuggled in the 70s and in the 60s, there was a lot of smuggled animals for zoos. So yep. all of a sudden, there's a high horse in the zoo community about that shit when it yep. all started there. Yep. But, no, it didn't start there. It started in the private sector. But that being said, the the, the thing is, is there, there, it would be really nice... And we're getting a little off track, but I will for a moment. That's what this show is all about. (laughs) Okay. So I'm right on. All right. Good. You're off track, but Uh, you're right on track. I'm I'm glad to keep up with your business model. (laughs) Um, There's there's so much knowledge that can be gained from the academic sector and the private sector. The academic sector being the AZA, the AZZ, you know, all the SSPs, all the uh, the academic side of it. But then you have myself and many other, you know, yourselves and the listeners where it's, you know, private sector and open. There is guidelines that the zoo folks have to follow. For us, for myself, I can do, hey, if I want to do this and I can afford it and I make a stupid mistake by doing this, whatever, it's all on me. But with a lot of the zoo folk, they they don't have that opportunity. And there's also guidelines where, you know, I've heard at some zoological institutions where you can't keep your varanids above X amount of degrees, but they won't breed in the, (laughs) in the private, in the the private sector, we'll crank the varanids up, not myself, but varanid keepers will crank them up to 120, you know, 130 degrees and damn, there's babies everywhere. Right. So there's there's just kind of that going on. Mm-hmm. So getting back onto the Rufus bee snakes or the red-headed bee snakes, like you said, um, uh-huh. is there anyone captive breeding those in the States? No, there have been some in the past um, that have done it. Um, Rob Zirkel uh, was kind of a, a go-to guy for me for a while. He does a lot of, right now he's doing a lot of, uh, the, uh, the Asian rat snakes and stuff like that. Um, 
I went from there. I talked to Aaron Sloan out in California who had a group of them. Also worked with April Justine out of California. And now I'm kind of uh, at the point where I'm talking to people uh, in the UK and Germany about them. And the in specific, the redheaded uh, beak snakes, yeah, they, they just don't exist. So is they that... Really, is that a product of people not giving a shit or is it a product of them being hard to keep and breed? Nobody knows about them. Mm. Nobody knows about these things um, for the most part, because I've taken the reptile shows with, you know, around a bunch of old timers and they see them and they're like, what the heck is that? That's really cool. What is it? Mm. How many, how many do you have in your collection? Right now, I have a 1.1 of the uh, Ruber Punctatus. I have a one of the Rostrus, and I have a, or a yeah, a 1.0 of the Rostrus. And then I just got in three uh, of the uh, Rostrus. Uh, I'm just kind of gonna call them i don't know what they are yet if you think carpet pythons are tricky to uh probe or anything like that yeah try it with these guys so what are some of the difficulties that you've had so far um acquiring the animals my main difficulty is being able to find these damn things um there, there. You can pretty much only. There's a few long-term captives of, very few, um, but most of them you have to get wild-caught imports, and then you know, running the gamut with the wild-caught imports, you also have to work with the, uh, the parasites, internal, external parasites. So, what do you do to treat these guys? It all depends on on the animal. Um, what I do usually, I do externals um, for treatments. Just a, a typical um, shoot. I'm kind of stuck right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, you're like giving a general stuff? glance over as far as external goes for mites or any type of parasite that you may yeah see. mites and ticks and a lot of your your wild caught imports you get your ticks mostly not so much mites um from from my limited uh importation stuff um but it uh as far as internal, I've never treated for internal parasites. I'd like to uh, get that nailed down. Um, it's It goes back to, you know, it's kind of cost prohibitive. You know, how much do you, does this animal mean to you? How much do you, does this project mean to you? You're going to spend a lot of money for this, a lot of money for that. It could go one way or for the other. There's a lot of worms and a lot of internal nasties that go on. Or you could just let it ride. 
Mm-hmm. And I've had good luck with just letting it ride and the animal recovering. And have you seen it so bad that you could visually spot, you know, parasites and the feces and stuff like that or the urates? No, 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 no. I, I have very limited. There's only been, I've only imported two animals. Okay. That, that haven't been either captive born or long-term captives. Mm-hmm. So you keeping carpets, uh, Nido has been a big talk. Have you tested any of your animals or anything like that? Or Nido? <laughs> I've never heard of it. No, okay. All right, I'm just... <laughs> I was like, okay then. What are you talking about? That doesn't exist. That's a fallacy. Um, yes, I have. Um, actually... And it happens every time, and if you're a breeder, you know that in in the breeding season when you're dropping your temperatures, especially with your males, your males get stressed out. And with the drier conditions, especially here in, in the mid-Atlantic, um, they get stressed out, they get dried, and they get that wheeze. And all of a sudden, that wheeze is an R.I., and then now instead of it being an RI, it's a NIDO. Years past, for me, it was always just, yeah, the males get a wheeze because they're stressed out because they're trying to, well, do what all us males try to do and find a lady to spend the evening with. And then they come out of it, you know, once, once it gets more humid and this, that, and the other. But this year with everything going on, um, in the uh, carpet in the Morelia community, I should say, with the with the Nido, it uh, yeah, it kind of struck home. So I I instead of just kind of you know saying, well, this is typical, and and let it ride, I I did have one animal tested, and it came back negative. Um, there was some. There was a bunch of uh, speculation with the uh, the inheritance, where it comes from, what's going on. Um, is it is it something that's viable? Is it um, how long is it dormant? Um, the incubation period, this, that, and the other. And I think, um, from what I was told, is that the main issue is is that there was a lot of false negatives and with the false negatives was the serum that the animals were being tested with was inclusive. So if, in other words, if you send an animal out to be tested or a, a, uh, a subject out to be tested and it ends up, being negative what are you testing it against what is your control mm-hmm. you know and some of the controls are from you know yeah there's just inconsistencies with with the controlled atom well i think that there's just inconsistencies with us also we're not exactly running labs here you know if we're self-testing and, well 
Exactly, exactly. And that's where, and I'll try to put this thing here, but it's not going to stay still because they don't. <laughs> but yeah, that is that is the whole thing about it is being able to, not only are you, you know, possibly testing and sending out animals um, or specimens that, that might be in a lab that's not adequate but it's also up to you know me you know howard snake keeper what the hell do i know about taking specimens so they're not contaminated yeah i wouldn't know the first thing i mean i'm not gonna act like i would know i would fuck it up <laughs> neither do i that's why i spend a fuck ton of money on vets dude right that's why vets exist <laughs> But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you would think that they shouldn't exist by the egos of, you know, some keepers, but who knows? Yeah, well, I'm not proud because, you know, that's that's all about it. And this thing doesn't stop moving. So now is that, um, if you can't see, if you're listening, Howard has one of the um, redhead beak snakes out. And um, is this a, it looks to be about the size of an adult corn snake, maybe a little bit skinnier and longer. Is this an adult here? Yes. Okay. Is that a male this or a female? This is an adult female. And I don't know if you can see it. I don't even know the, the view of range, but from my finger, that's the tail. Wow. If no one can, you know, people can't see, but that's probably 40% of the body is the tail. From, from there, that's the vent, and that's the tail. And if you're a colubrid person, you're saying that thing's got a big dick. <laughs> <laughs> or or you might say it's a male, and I'll say, right. nope. <laughs> that That is, this is a female. So, and she's rad, and... And she has that kind of a lapid look to her, but she's fine. I enjoy her. So how do you probe this thing? Does does it go down much deeper than others, or is it... Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> so you you know how no... You know how nobody is uh, producing these things in the States? Right. You pretty much got to get a whole pile of them and throw them in a box together and <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna work <laughs> that's that's all you have with these guys it's uh yeah it's a lot so, so but how, it's, it's how sure are you that that's a female i'll let you know when i see her like pushing eggs out of her ass but <laughs> i'm i'm pretty confident <laughs> All right, just wondered. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not at all. But that's why this is the. I mean, I've been to I've been vending shows and I've been to reptile shows for decades, and that was the first animal that was introduced to me that really like really blew my skirt up, rocked my world. I was like, you know what? That's I've seen a a lot of everything, but that's the first thing that's really really stoked it. Mm -hmm. I hope you really wear skirts. Like I want you to come to Carpet Fest in a skirt, just so I can make somebody blow it up. You know what? Hey, you know what, Evan? That would be great. I would wear a skirt to Carpet Fest if I knew 
where Carpet Fest was going to be held. <laughs> it's in Dallas, you know Texas. What? That's all you need. I'm going to get you a tutu, so when you show up, no matter where it's at, you're going to rock that motherfucker. Dude, I'm, I'm going to be in DFW in my rental car with 128 pounds of, or 125 pounds of crawfish and just looking for some place to boil it up, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're. I'm not a seafood, crawfish, or whatever fishy thing what? eater. What? Yeah, yeah it's, no. It's, oh, it's, what? Shut up! I'm hanging up on you. I'm. I'm done with this show. He said, "Mic drop." It's real hard. It's dude, weird, man. You gotta suck the head and eat the ass, dude. It's work. delicious. I'm not sucking anything. Yeah, I'll leave that up to you. Not all of it's too much work. You can eat catfish. If they're cooked right, it's not too much work. No, but like fried catfish, like that's not work. He won't even. He won't eat any of it. So the work excuse is bullshit. He just don't like it. Well, I, I'm gonna blame on the fact he's from New York. Their seafood's not like our seafood. Down he's like, here. give me some pizza. There's, there's a pizza <laughs> pie. <laughs> I think Howard. I think Howard really left. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. Y'all. He's like, I'm out. Howard. Oh, he's. I think, no, I'm still here. I'm gonna try to figure out to get like a big piece of meat or something. To all make, it is is, do. I mean, you you just crack that tail and just crack that tail. But delicious. I, I mean, it's gonna be fucking. I mean, Howard. I don't know if you got a place to stay, but you can. We clearly by the bed in the background. You could stay here if you want to. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. There's Thank you. I, bedroom in I, I appreciate that. I, I do travel often and um, with my travels, I've learned many things. Um, what parking lots to sleep in, what parking lots not to sleep in. Um, always rent a car big enough to sleep in. And sleeping on a friend's floor or couch is always a luxury. Hey, I slept in Bill's snake room last year. You did? Yeah. On what? What did you On do? the floor. Nothing on the No, I had a pillow and a, and a cover, and I yeah. passed the fuck out. There's you know, $20,000 worth of snakes around you, but... Dude, I was as comfortable as comfortable could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh... It's, uh... It's fine. My accommodations are covered. I'm sure, sure. I mean, we don't even know where the fuck we're sleeping. We were going to sleep. Well, let's get yeah. back to topic then. Oh, we don't know we're getting on topic. All right. What do you want to talk about? Snakes. So we're talking about snakes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's on and off with the snake thing, but. Uh... I still want to know why you're not going to breed Mingo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you know. You can't tar- you can't tarnish a good thing, you know. I don't know. I mean, it, why would I wanna... why would I breed them, dude? Look, I've been told not to reproduce myself. Why in the fuck am I gonna breed the plastic flamingo, dude? A, a mini Howard would be awesome. A mini Howard would be awesome. Yeah, you know what? Let me tell you something, pal. I have an older sister. Wonderful woman, wonderful mother, wonderful wife. Yeah, my my parents had me after her, and my father said, "Hey, Lorna, it's not getting any better, so why don't we just cut this shit out?" <laughs> oh my god! 
Okay, somewhat snake question. Do you use that paper that you're putting in right now for all your snakes? Not all of them. This is a nice little fun animal. Um, not all of them. Uh, for the adult snakes, I use the craft paper. Um, in my tubs, I use the craft paper above the 16s and the 32s. I use the craft. All the 6-quart tubs, I use... Uh, over here, I use um, paper towels for the safe courts. Uh -huh. Just because simplicity and I have extra tubs laying around, I have pretty much about 20% extra laying around of what I'm going to use. And then I just swap them out and throw them by the back door. Because I'm not going to wash a tub every freaking time. Is that a tiger jag? That is. That's pretty. So that's just a for uh, clarification. That's you know a bale and lime bread tiger or something to a jaguar. Who produced that? Todd Dyer produced that from from a Balin. I don't know where he got his jag from, but that is a Balin tiger, and he's gonna give you kisses, Evan. If he can fucking figure his life out. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, he's he's too busy riding that invisible roller coaster. He's he's doing good. Down is up, <laughs> up is down. Railroad or some shit. He's he's jag, all right. <laughs> but yeah, he's just super duper reduced. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's funny because a lot of people they have distorted views of how big a coaster will get. Um, I mean, that male is not overbearing what size are you keeping your adult coastals jungles all that stuff in um i keep my adult females my big adult females in uh t10s animal plastics animal plastics animal plastics animal plastics and those are four foot uh, let me just clarify yes they're four they're the t10s they're four by two by 15 tall I do have some T8s, which are 4x2x12s. I like to divide those and put some of my grow outs in. Um, and then it I looks keep like, my man. Looks like they have the like Anthony, or Anthony Campanetto carpet shelf in there. No, no, no. That's Am I making just shit the, up? That's just the shelf, yeah. Yeah, because I thought that that's what Animal Plastics made specifically for Anthony Campanetto when he made, uh, or when he was producing carpet pythons. Oh, well, no, what they do with that is they do that. This is a 48-inch uh, enclosure. What they did with uh, Anthony Crapanetto was a uh, <laughs> was a 30, are you all right? Was a I think you missed 30, I'm sorry. Was was a 30, 36 inch cage, um, with the same height and the shelf. So yeah, that's that's that cage you're speaking of. Uh, one of the one of the comments in YouTube, just to clarify, I'm not a fruit fry, fruit fly breeder. <laughs> Joe did that, and now it seems like people actually somebody actually messaged me and asked me if I bred fruit flies and I was like what the fuck no and they're like sooner or later Howard's gonna be a flamingo breeder and you're gonna be the fruit fly <laughs> 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 both 
<laughs> it's all in good fun, you know? Um, I guess... I have bread fruit flies, but I don't do it, like, all the time. You do it, like, at a necessity. <laughs> There's just not many left over to sell. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to see... Oh, no. I'm going to save this for the week that Evan's, like, actually the guest. Fuck, man. I'm sorry. I had a question about his rap reading, but we're saving that till the third year. So what is this evolving to? Come on. More questions. No, like, my brain... I... <laughs> me, me and Evan are distracting each other. I think that's well, it. I'm not used to it. you're laughing so much. Yeah. It really threw me off, man. That was my bad. I just saw the fruit fly comment and I went left with it. We oh, so you guys you guys have people commenting in on stuff? Uh, yeah, on the like, YouTube channel. Try chat, not to read live. it, but sometimes it gets overwhelming and it's just interesting. It's mm. never like It's never like, hey guys, you're doing great. It's more like... Fuck you guys. You ass hats. Say that? Yeah, someone yeah. just said you fucking nerds. <laughs> like, okay, they usually never say that. <laughs> it is all, it's usually its own separate uh, conversation. Uh, oh, wait, what are we looking at right now? That is a, what is that? That's a, that's a GFX animal. That's a GFX flashpoint animal. Can you explain so, both those words? Yes, GF, GFX, that's Julie Bender. Um, crossed with, uh, shoot, I have the same thing here. Um, crossed, crossed with uh, Scattershot. Uh, and what we ended up doing. Point? Is that what she said? Yeah, that's what she calls it. It's a flashpoint animal. Um, we uh, did the same thing, but different sires. And uh, just kind of swapped off. Is she still working with uh, Gray Bands? I haven't spoken with her in a while. Um, so I do not know what she is working with. But I know she was working with them for quite some time. Last time I was down there, she was. But it's been a little bit. Is there any lineage of animals that you like in particular or, you know, stuff that you'd want to get in your collection at this point as far as jungles go? That's a good thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, um, I get a Turner girl. Um, I don't want to disturb her too much because she should be gravid, um, which goes the Shewitt, um, Larry Black stuff as far as lineage. Um, other than that, it's just kind of rad shit that looks good. Yeah. And are you a... Feed them sparsely, keep them small, or are you trying to get them big? Oh, dude, I'm a midget farmer. I'm totally a fucking midget farmer. With that, without a doubt, I, I keep my animals slim. I've, you can walk into my room, and when you look in my room, there's some animals that I've gotten um, secondhand that I have not produced or have not raised from hatchlings, and you can see the size differential. And I've, unfortunately, I've had so many animals come in that have done well and then heart issues, liver, kidneys, everything crashes because 
people are chasing the Joneses and trying to feed them up and do too much for them. I mean, you see that we've had such a limited stock of animals to work with, uh, per se. Is it inbreeding issue? Can I put uh, that right there? Issue, and is it just an everything altogether issue? No, it's it's a it's a keeper issue. I'd say I'd say almost most of it is a keeper issue. So, what are people doing wrong that you feel like? Or I don't mean to put you on the spot to be like this is what everyone should do, but. What do you feel like is the right thing to do in your... <laughs> that was loud. Pardon me? Hello? Sorry, he was saying, what do you think people should do? And, like, we don't want to make you feel like you're saying, like, everyone should do this, but, like, you're saying it's a keeper issue. So what, you know, change, like, what do you think needs to be done different? As far as husbandry or the animal, um, if we're going along the same lines, my best statement, and, and I should, I advise everybody to do it, is watch your animals. Pay attention to their movements. Pay attention to what they're doing, their activity. They'll let you know when they want to eat and when they don't need to eat. If they're dormant or if they're cruising around, look at their body conditioning. Just watch your animals. They'll tell you everything you need to know. Um, what I'd advise people to do other than that is stop feeding your animals so damn much. Yeah. You so, know, it, I mean, people always take the snakes eat once a week thing. What do you think it should be? You know, what do you end up kind of feeding a male? And then what do you kind of end up feeding a female? It depends on the animal. It depends on the time of year. It depends on whether they're breeding, whether they're not breeding. There's so many different things that go into that. Um, it goes back to watch your animals. If, I see an animal that's, you know, active and actively hunting prey and it looks, you know, has a good muscle tone to it and this, that, and the other, I'll give it a small meal. And then I may wait a couple of weeks or three. And when they thin out, I'll give it a little bit larger meal. Mm -hmm. I just watch. That's the only thing I could really focus on is watch. Watch the animals, dude. These animals have been around for 120 plus million years. I'm only 41. So I just watch them. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, as someone who keeps jungles, I want to selfishly ask, how do you – mine seem pretty much hungry, at least my males, pretty much hungry all the time. But your I don't... male's also the biggest dick of a jungle. Yeah, but they're pretty much always cruising and always hungry. So how do I differentiate between, you know, him looking for a female or him looking for food? Time of year and muscle tone, structure, body structure. And you know how that happens? Time. Experience. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I could see that your males here, they have a... 
you know, you can see the striation of their muscles. You know, you can see not like the spine spine, but you can see where the spine kind of comes to a little bit of a curve at the top there. And then you see like two lines of their muscle because, I mean, these are super muscular snakes. So is that what you're looking for? Like a nice slim snake? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Mine's kind of off topic, on topic. So you talked about, you know, breeders, not watching their shanks, all those kind of things that you have to do to be a keeper of these snakes. So would you ever sell your snakes to a first-time keeper? Yes. What do you feel is something to keep in mind as a first-time keeper of Morelia? As a first-time keeper, what happens a lot with me is I get people, and I encourage this, I try to promote, as a lot of us Morelia keepers do, we try to promote these animals. And, you know, there's the stigmata of them, where they're nasty, they'll kill you, blah, blah, blah. That's not the case. But there are some people that aren't quite ready um, to take it home today. You know, there's customers that come to me, they really like them, they're beautiful, they're wonderful, this, that, and the other. I can make them a deal or whatever. But the deal that I always make them is if you're not familiar with them, go over there. Go over the table that has all those books for sale and buy this book and buy that book and read those. And if you have any questions before or after you read the books, contact me and I can give you some information and I can educate you. And if I don't have an answer for it, then I know somebody that does and we can learn together. And, and that's really important, but I do have a lot of people that, you know, some of my shows are monthly. Some of my shows are quarterly or whatever. And I talked to a lot of people. I was like, you know what? I tell you what, you know, do this research do the background and then after a while, you know, after the next show, come to me and then you have everything squared away. You have your knowledge, you have your enclosure, and you can properly care for this animal. I'm more than willing to sell it to you. But yeah, I, I do refuse sales because of, you know, lack of knowledge. I wish more people. But I. I'll, I also off, I also offer my knowledge and my time. And and you know it's it's what it a lot of people do it. A lot of a lot of well-known people do it and that's why they're well-known is because they've been doing it for a long time and they also have you know if if you want to be successful in anything be here in 5 years be here in 10 years and uh you know redding reptile breeders my name's you know howard redding redding is my name that's all i have it really is so so why would you not you know promote that and purvey that as the best i do you feel like there's a point where business and doing the right thing can prevail, you know, for someone who, you know, obviously you're not doing it full time, right? So is there a way that someone can mix that together? 
in in what aspect? Meaning, like, can someone make a full-time job out of doing the right thing, selling snakes and not, you know, it's different when you have to sell snakes to feed your family or pay your rent. Like, is there a way where you could do both at the same time, hold that moral high ground and not just sell to anyone and then also do absolutely the right thing and sell to the right person all the time? You're asking the wrong person, and I say that because... I'm not in that position. Right. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, I got a crappy day job that fucks up my fun, um, that pays bills and pension and benefits and mortgage and all that other shit. But, uh, yeah, it can be done. I'm sure it could be done, but I don't know that that could make your means. You know, if, if I think that if if you really have to, uh, if you're relying on snakes for, to be your only income, your my best advice was a good friend of mine, and he said huevos, huevos, huevos. So no, you have espanol. to you have to you have to do eggs, eggs, eggs. You have to do production. So you're either doing quality or quantity. And what market are you looking at? That makes sense. And with this, and with this being, you know, just fun for me. If this is fun, I'm still trying to figure that out. But uh, yeah, if it's fun, then yeah, it, it's not about quantity or trying to pay the bills or or do whatever. But for some, it is. For some some people make this, there's a lot of successful people that have made this a full-time gig. With me, I just couldn't, me personally, I couldn't be that focused into uh, into any of it. Um, if you For don't an extent. Uh, sorry, if you don't mind me asking, what is your day job? My day job... Well, I'm never mind. Okay, I won't say that. Um, okay. Evan already tried to tell me you're a hooker in your day job. So no, 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 no. See, he's got it all wrong. I'm an out of work. <laughs> I'm an underqualified condom model, but that's okay. Um, no, that's, right. that's what it is. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a machinist by trade. I work in Washington D.C. And uh, I'm the shop foreman at a uh, a nice little shop uh, that has done well for me. I do very well for myself. And, uh, yeah, so I'm a machinist. So I work with steel all day. So by the way you were talking, it seems like you would never want to give that up to get two snakes full time. Because that would take the, the fun away. Is that what I got from that? Oh, my... I wouldn't want to give up my day job to do snakes full time because it would take the fun away from snakes. That's what I got, but I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I wouldn't want to, uh, no, I, I wouldn't want to, uh, give up the day job because <laughs> that's a hefty paycheck. <laughs> to be honest, that's, that's, uh, 
No, that that works out well for me. That's my pension. That's my retirement. My day job pays for me to be able to work with snakes full time. Um, once once I am able to uh, retire. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything at this point that, as far as snakes go, that you're looking to get into? You know, maybe besides more beak snakes or something like that. Is there anything that catches your eye right now? No. <laughs> so straight to the point, Very matter simple. of fact. Um, <laughs> no. Do you want me to elaborate? No. <laughs> you don't want to mass produce ball pythons for YouTube likes? No, they're royal pythons now. Don't you get it, son? Um, I... I, I <laughs> No, there's not, you know, and I'm doing this really, you know, you, you, it's interesting when questions are asked about, are you doing, you know, are you interested in this? Are you interested in that? And, you know, I just enjoy working with people. The snakes are fun. The snakes are rad. You know, they can pay for themselves. I get a little bit of money, you know, to support them, but I like conversations. I like meeting people. I like learning about people. Joe. Yeah. What's your favorite breakfast cereal? We already went through that. <laughs> yeah, we went through it, but you guys were talking about dry or wet, and then I didn't even <laughs> fucking weirdos talking about that. I mean, if I had a, it's like a Fruit Loops mostly. I like, like Fruit, I go I, Fruit I, Loops. I said Fruit Loops, but when I think about it, I think it's Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Like, yeah, yeah. is great. It's the one place where you get to express yourself without worrying about, you know. I like the fruity loops. I like the fruity loops. I like the fruity pebbles. I don't give a fuck. You got a problem with that? No, fruity is delicious. It's delicious at that point. I'm you can't. Sorry, you become black <laughs> 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 yeah, don't worry about us. See, it got fun when you were gone. Now it's back to. <laughs> The fuckery. Now I'm lost. I've been up Fruit Loops. God damn. Yeah, I messed you up. I messed you up enough to show you this thing. So what is that? I'm, I don't know if that's visible. How does that look? Does that look good like that or not? It looks like a jack of some sort. That's a tire jag. That's a Balin tire jag. So this one has a lot more pattern than the last one that we saw. Yeah, it's, it's not as produced. Um, yeah, that's the uh, the uh, Balin Tire Jag that I got from him many, many moons ago. And he's sired a few clutches for me. He's done well. He was a, he was a uh, hatchling when I got him. So what are your what, – let, let's talk about Jags and the Neuro because I see a lot of people – coming into some of these groups and you can tell they're, they're pretty new. Cause they're all like, why would you breed something that's like that? And then you have that. Mine's not neuro at all. Mine is nothing. I'm on the Jagtar train. I, I, I like them. And I don't think if it shows a high percentage, I guess, of Jagtardation, <laughs> I don't think it's going to pass the it scientific on. Form. And I think a lot of people, yeah. a lot of these new people think it's going to pass it on. And I'm like, you can have an animal that shows absolute Jagtar produce a bunch of babies that show almost non or vice versa. 
and I, so many people are just why would you breed that why would you breed that and spider balls are the same thing like why would you breed them they're so wobbly and I don't see anything wrong with them I've had jags that are upside down inside well, out well you never want to go full jag tug <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> in, unless she's good looking <laughs> yeah I mean, there's a clear, there's, they don't fail to thrive. So, I mean, that is, I mean, that's apparent. The fact that the gene is still around, same as spider and ball pythons. They certainly don't fail to thrive. But if you try to say you're making a super this year, I may smack you straight in the jaw. But besides that, we're at least past that point, right? Super jag? Yeah. There's still like one one dude who's like you know I'm pairing jag to jag I'm gonna get the super jag. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, but so what was your oh, no, other we than your just... tangent? What's the yeah I know that, <laughs> but other than your tangent, what's the question what, about what the you, jags? Or... Yeah, what do you what do you? I mean, obviously you have them, so you're not against them. But I know so many people are against them. Like, and I, I've do you think that the trait of the wobbleness is inheritable. Yes. It is. And you know what? It, it's definitely inheritable. I've seen it better and worse. I've seen the tiger bring out less of it. When you do tiger jags, it it tends to subside a little bit. Um the thing with that is that they uh with the with the uh I'm trying to collect my thoughts thoroughly they uh the tiger jag calms it down a little bit, but it's all about the stressors. Like, I've had jags that have shown nothing until they've been shipped or the males, the male jags, they go batshit crazy once they're in cooling time and they they smell the pheromones and everything else like that. There's those trigger, triggers, chemicals, um, pheromones, stuff like that. That's what makes them loopy. Feeding, feeding responses, they'll get loopy. Did you see that picture that was posted recently where it was like, oh, I guess I shouldn't have maternally incubated. It was a jaguar with like the eggs, eggs on, on top, top of it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my good friend, Ryan DeMoss, actually. And uh, we've been discussing that project thoroughly. Um, the thing with that is he's just trying to figure out the incubation of the eggs and how it's going to go because he's been temping the eggs and seeing what they're at and the eggs are at the same temperature even on top of the freaking female <laughs> as the female is so that's why he's letting them ride just to see and yeah, it's crazy. It's stupid. I'd do it my damn self just to see what the outcome is. No, I mean that because nobody nobody would ever do it before. They'd all their their assholes would sync up and they'd 
go throw them in the incubator. Mom's doing a half-ass effort. Let's see what kind of half-ass effort mom does. And he's looking to lose a whole clutch of eggs that are viable at this point. But they're at day, she left them at day 42, and now they're at day 50-something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 nobody has that kind of control. I give Ryan, I give Ryan fucking props for doing that. Because I'd want to throw them in the cooker or, yeah. Yeah. And get it done. But, but he's collecting, he's collecting data. And that's what a lot of this is about is collecting information. You can be successful all the time. Yeah. That's, that's cool. We all like that. But the years you suck are the years you learn. Mm -hmm. So, do you feel that, I mean, I feel like we, every egg that was ever laid, we freaked out, was like, all right, let's keep it at 88 degrees exactly. Are we finding that the eggs are maybe more hardy than we thought? Of course they are. Absolutely. When, whenever, whenever people ask me questions, and I, I ask them this question, when there's adversity to different climate changes or, well, you know, I lost power for X amount of time or this happened or that happened. I ask everybody, before you ask a question, ask yourself what would happen in the wild. I mean, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, but also would, you know, in the wild, they're not breeding at the temps that they're breeding here. Right, I mean, because you're, you're, they're kind of so in certain areas, like up north or something. Let's say they're they're breeding when it's kind of cold outside. And I know some of Australia doesn't get as cold. I mean, I know it gets cold in certain areas, but just a difference in uh, weather, I guess, temps and things. I think that matters as much. Yep. I. That's all I got for you. Is yep, I agree. And here's the thing: is you have these animals that are in a wild habitat, a wild atmosphere, and then you have these animals that have been kept in a bunch of AP cages at Howard's house their whole lives, so they're conditioned to that, right? So that's where you have to watch the animals and see what they do and see where they go before, you know, you can even speculate on anything. You ever going to have, have you ever kept green trees? Yes. Yes. I did have a, a ball python in a tree. They're called royal pythons. Royal python in the tree. How long did you have it for? Two years. That's enough to realize, you know, if you like something or you don't. That's long enough to realize that it bored the fuck out of me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a green tree is a, a ball python-ish 
stick. It sits but on it, it moves even less. It sits on a stick, but it's just a lot nicer looking. <laughs> Man. <laughs> It's 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 a it's a tree snake with a pretty paint job. Yep. You know, it 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 just didn't do anything for me when when I was sleeping. It was active when I was active. Eh. It was a beautiful animal, beautiful animal, and I really enjoyed it. There just wasn't enough interaction with these carpets, and that's why I'm drawn to carpets is because they uh, they kind of jive with my my own personality. You know, I, I walk in the room, and they're very active, and they move, and they they look at me, and they're like, all right, we're getting fed. Are we, you know, what's going on? Does yeah. that ever scare you? That's like the opposite of what I want, because his jungles scare me like that. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't... Have they whoever bit me? Any of your collection? <laughs> Any of them? Lame question. Sorry. Well, actually, because I was going to ask along those lines, because I talked to Austin earlier, and he said his seven-foot brittle hit him in the hand, and it hurt. And I was going to ask, you know, what's his... Everybody's got that one snake that just bit the shit out of him and hurt more than any others. I just want to know what it was. That's a better version of my question. <laughs> I... I have pictures that I won't post, but I'll send them to you, uh, Evan. Um, I got nailed. Um, they caused nerve damage, and I still have nerve damage, and that was four or five years ago. What was it? Big Diamond Jungle Cross. Wow, that's. Uh, I felt like at least the Diamond Jungles that I've interacted with have... Um, the diamond has kind of calmed down the jungle in them, and they've been really chill. <laughs> you didn't know this guy. <laughs> is is this? I think you had it. Was it that big blockheaded? That was blockhead. Okay. Yep. Blockhead. <laughs> that was like blockhead. It, like it had a big blockhead, like a big blockhead. <laughs> <laughs> he was twenty two, twenty three years old. Yeah. Uh, he was a big old guy, and uh, I talked to the same guy I, I bought him from originally, John Martin. Um, I talked to him about it um, last uh, last Northeast Carpet Fest. If not right before, I talked to him right before that, and he said, "Holy crap, they're still around." He's like, "You're the, you know, you're the last one that I've ever heard of." So apparently the animal I had, you know, outdated um, the rest of that uh, clutch when he stopped uh, breeding them back in 94. Mm -hmm. So, oh yeah, he was a nasty, nasty dude. Now you've hit that a, a, a few times throughout the show and then saw it on your Facebook page. I was just wondering uh, what exactly you're doing in conservation Oh, thank you very much for asking. Thank you very much for asking. Well, okay, to kind of try to keep it short, and I'm going to have to walk with the phone. Um, I'm doing a lot of things. What happened is I found that I was 
with a with a friend of mine, and uh, I was able to engage with this group of people of biologists and zoologists and uh, zookeepers here at the National Zoo in Washington D.C. And they're a good group of people. They're really good people. That they they, they kind of you know it's the same reason why like. If you're a carpet person, you're drawn to this group of people because they're good folks. So I ended up getting involved with some of these, uh, some of their projects, and uh, it kind of snowballed from there. And now I'm, I'm, I've gotten involved with the uh, CCCF, which is the Crocodilian Conservation Center of Florida. Um, I've also gotten together with the KCC, uh, which is the uh, King Cobra Conservancy. I didn't know that existed. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Get with it. <laughs> Sorry. I live under a snake. The, uh, the, the King Cobra isn't a – what's his name? Is it a Romulus Whitaker? Rom Whitaker. Yes, yes. That's correct. That's correct. He is directly involved with, uh, thank you very much for the recognition. Um, he's directly involved with the KCC. Um, and I have KCC shirts available. Um, so you're involved in something that you don't keep off the... No, no. Would you ever, no. Would you ever keep? Would I ever keep hot, um, if permissible? Um, if I were to keep hot, they'd be a rhino viper. Um, but my main focus, if I were to keep a hot and it's not considered a hot, it would be a Cuban croc. Wow. It would be a, a rhomba fur. Are we looking at your sink? What are we looking? Yeah, at? man, we 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 did the MTV cribs just to look at a sink, or what is this? The oven? No, no, you're looking at a binder. Like, that's much worse. A binder. Holy yeah, shit. that's much. That's a binder. Binder. That's what we've resorted to. Okay. Well, here you know you can look at the KCC stuff. KCC, protect the king, save the kingdom. You can find us at uh, kingcobraconservancy.org. And then I have other propaganda. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. No, I just, I, I got to this point, to be honest with you guys. And what do you want to look at? Do you want to look at me or something? Or? Not the binder clips, yes, man. You. Yes, you. Fans want to see your face. <laughs> okay. This is only the so, second time we had a ginger on the show. And it's the second time in a row. And people want to see it, damn it. I'm not even a ginger. You're gingerish. Uh, you're strawberry uh, blonde. If you want to go that way, we'll call you a strawberry blonde. But. Fuck all! I'm not. I'm just old. <laughs> I am. I, I am none of those. What Trust me. My... What do you? Uh, what's a, what's what your you pronouns? <laughs> what are my pronouns? Howard the Great. Duh. <laughs> just call me um, Migos Daddy. <laughs> yeah, right. Migo, just call me Daddy. It's okay. Um, <laughs> no. What? Yeah. What I found is I I got involved with all these these biologists and conservation people and, and it just got 
it got fun and interesting. And I started to learn so much more than I did in the, the private sector, you know, hooking up with these academics and man, I'm, I'm doing so much more with, you know, working about tracking and telemetry with the uh, King Cobras and tracking them in, in Southeast Asia and also with the uh, Crocodilian Conservation Center of Florida and and helping them out, then I can do in my, in my bedroom, in my spare bedroom, breeding carpet pythons. Have you, uh, have you been to Asia to actually study them like, first hand up close or do you plan on it oh no 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 i have not i would really like to go to indonesia um but it's it's funding mm-hmm. it's you know there there are um contributors uh both to the kcc and the cccf um from the aza and the azz um on on different aspects but uh, for the most part, it's it's not, and you guys know it's they're reptiles. They're not megafauna. And when I when I I don't know if you're familiar with it, but with megafauna, I'm not talking orangutans. I'm not talking panda bears or polar bears or you know all those megafauna. It's reptiles, and they're underfunded. And that's why I'm trying to work with these different organizations. And that's why I'm doing stuff with the KCC, um, the King Cobra Conservancy, and also the Crocodilian uh, Conservation Center of Florida is so we can get money going. What's the largest and, conservation organization in the U.S.? Yeah. I couldn't tell you that. Never mind. <laughs> well, the, I was, I was no, 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 no. That's that's a good question. I couldn't tell you that because I don't know. I just, I just don't know. So I was, I was wondering what the KCC say does in particular for the king cobras. The KCC, right? What what they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to. T- what they are is they're they're trying to support the ecological research of the animal and deal with um, habitat fragmentation and habitat fragmentation is huge no matter what species you're dealing with even the orangutans or anything and that's their main objective they're also trying to you know identify the threats, not only um, through with the, the fragmentation, but also with the natives, you know, and to teach them that they're, they're beneficial animals. You know, they, they don't need to die. Right. I think um, this is something that I particularly talk to um, people I work with are from all over the world and particularly people in like India have a lot of experience with stuff like King Cobras and are kind of have such a respect for Cobras in general. But the fact is that they're so overly populated. It's 
how do you manage, you know, what can they do to make sure that these so densely populated countries don't steal all the habitat from crazy large animals like a king cobra? Well, I don't know if I'm answering your question correctly, but I will answer this. Um, the Madras Crocodile and Bank and Trust Fund in Madras, India, that's part of Romulus Whitaker's. Um, that's part of their their main focus is to be able to teach, you know, the the natives, the the inhabitants that to collect the animals and not kill them because once they get the animals collected, they can milk them and then provide antivenin back into the farm workers, back to the people that get bit, unfortunately. Mm. So they're, they're trying to do that kind of, I'm not going to say common bond because it's not, but, uh, just to have that association. Mm. Now, stateside, as far as crocodilians, we're talking um, the American saltwater crocodile. As far as our conservation efforts at the CCCF, or right. Well, the the American uh, the American alligator is doing fine. They're, they're, they're doing very well. Um, the freshwater crocodile is doing well. And actually what's happening is one of our concerns or one of our thoughts are anyway, is the Cuban crocodile, the sea ramifer. And most of proposed 3000 wild population in Zapata swamp, the proposition is that they're there and then the uh, the freshwater crocs, the American freshwater crocs are going there and integrating and we just don't know whether that's just part of what was intended to happen by nature or it's meant yeah we 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 just don't know whether that's part of evolution or whether that's just proximity or what but there's there's a good there's good distance between <clears throat> the mainland US and Cuba mm -hmm. and especially Zapata swamp i don't know that they're going into that area um specifically but uh, life will find a way. Yeah, it will. It will. And and I don't, you know, I don't know. I just got hooked up with uh, a bunch of uh, really, really good people. Have you seen? Uh, have you seen any of the conservation efforts on the Chinese and Japanese giant salamanders? Yes. Because those are, I, I've seen a couple of those things are pretty neat. The uh, Japonica, yeah, I, yeah. I've seen some limited. I wouldn't mind even if you're, I don't want to discount the hellbound or the hellbender here in, you know, even the Northeast and 
just that's an amazing giant salamander that's endangered right here in the United States. Badly. With your question. Oh, well, I didn't know if Howard had something to say about what you just said. No, I didn't. Okay. You're making stuff up, man. Yeah, you can make love to that binder. Oh, and here's another thing if you want to look at it. it's the Orane Society about the Eastern Indigo Snake. Oh no, that's cool. Wait, didn't someone try to tell you that on Facebook, Joe? Today, I, I, I have the shirt from the Orient Society. No, so we posted our like Instagram picture today was of our Mexican black king snake, and someone tried to be like, "That's that looks like a what did he say?" Like, no, no, you're totally okay. Never mind. Well, you tried to tell us it wasn't a Mexican black king snake. I tried to tell us it was an elapid, which is that's what he was, yeah. Someone someone tried to tell us our MBK is an elapid today. Gotcha, gotcha. Never mind. I was going different. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, but the Orient Society is in Georgia, and it tries uh, eastern indigos, which are an endangered species here in America, which subside in the longleaf pine forest, which there's something like 4% of it exists at this point. And they actually breed them in outdoor enclosures and then... I think release them. I don't know how successful that is, but I mean they do a pretty good job of it down there in Georgia. So that's really all I know about them. But yeah, that's what the Eastern Indigo stuff is about. And then I mean we have um, Louisiana pines, which is a whole different thing, which are just yeah uh, endangered. So the endangered, society yeah. is only the indigos. Aren't from correct. Yeah, I don't know if Howard knows anything more. No, that's that that's correct. I believe they also because um, gopher tortoises inhabit the same um, place as the eastern indigos, as well yep. as the eastern diamondback. So I think they keep an eye on those species just because they're also species of like that should be considered at this point. But they don't and that's really a, work with them. That's another thing. If you want to look up another conservation effort is uh speaking of the eastern dimeback is the edcf um save the buzztails uh dot com or dot org or whatever it is um there was those were another group of people that we got involved with in uh ashton at the ashton biological preserve and last time i was in florida eh, two three weeks ago and that's I was at the I know is a big part of that, and he's big into the stop rattlesnake roundups, which is yeah, just all the work that he's doing is great. Yeah, that was that was the EDCF event. I was I went down there to help build the CCCF event, and then I went up two and a half hours to go to Gainesville and worked at the EDCF event selling t-shirts for the KCC. Uh, yeah, I, I really think I need to get a handle on things. You sound like you're a man of many trades. I'm a man of many hats, you know? It's, it's like I said, I, I've, I've been involved in all these different aspects of the private sector, and now I'm getting ready to, you know, I, I get involved with with all these different organizations of, conservation and it just makes sense now i know 
um, U.S. ARC is in place to deal with kind of laws and stuff related to these animals, but do any of these conservation organizations deal with that? To an extent. Elaborate. No. Um, the, <laughs> the, the reason why I say no is because they, they deal with it more not on a um uh, shit they they don't deal with it on a larger scale it's more of a local scale um when you're looking at um legislation um mostly it hits smaller people the thing with us art and i've been accused of favoring the you know the different entities that I prefer over U.S. ARC. The difference is to me, and you can decide for yourselves and your viewers or listeners can decide for themselves. The difference to me is funding. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather give to all these smaller, you know, EDCF, CCCF, KCC, than I would like to... U.S. Arc. U.S. Arc speaks volumes for what I do yeah. as a, a keeper and a breeder. Okay, and somebody that's generally interested in the reptile community and in my interests. However, these other entities that I deal with, that, that I'm working with, they don't have the funding from Zilla or zoo med or or the larger corporations where they're tr dropping out you know i don't know if any of you guys have ever been to the uh the tinley shows the narbc shows mm -hmm. where during the auctions they'll throw out ten thousand twenty thousand dollars here and there these small efforts to make big differences don't get those $10,000 donations. Right. So that's why, Melissa, to answer your question, that's why I don't focus myself on those larger institutions because the larger institutions already have more than enough funding. I want to put it back into some smaller entities here and there that, that, that hit home for me, that are close for me. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I think after listening to that, it, I think, you know, maybe switch some things up for the auction for, for Carpet Fest even and have you bring some pamphlets and stuff because all these, all the Carpet Fest, it's always been like, oh, donate the donation, the auctions for, you know, money goes to US Art. And I think it, it'd be great on our part to do just like you said, we can send a little bit to US Art, but we could also help out the little guy and start donating to the, the King Cobra society or whatever the what is it the you know what i'm saying and right that'd be great i think the, it's, a, the, it's a hard place to be in as far as a private keeper you don't feel there's too many people who don't feel a connection to the wild side and the conservation because in my mind that's what really matters right that these snakes still exist in the wild i don't give a fuck if i keep them but then again it also depends on me to breed them in captivity and make sure that they're around forever sure. so it's like a weird where do i place my you know where do i place my money especially if you have a business and you're making 
a little bit of money and you're trying to get a tax break, you see all these corporations in our industry, like he said, like Howard said, Zilla and all that, put in their money into US ARC. But fuck, I mean, maybe we should be doing something for conservation on the real end as far as, you know, nature's much more important than us. That makes me happy. That makes me happy to hear you say that. Because that's, you know, that's that's kind of what it is, you know. I'm, I'm I've I've been doing, I've I've done all that. I I just I just want that to happen. It is better to have, uh, you know, the these little little sought out sectors, you know, the to to be funded privately. And I've done events where, um, for instance, the uh, the Madras Crocodile and Bank and Trust of India in Madras, also known as Chennai, India, um, got hit with a cyclone back uh, two Decembers ago. And I was due to be down at the uh, CCCF facility to help build that. But instead, we went to the Ashton Biological Preserve, had a fundraiser, had a bunch of people around and charged you know a head count and this that and the other and sent a bunch of money to ron whitaker at the uh at the uh madras the mcbt mm-hmm. and and it's it's nice to donate to to you know larger you know it's nice to donate to usart don't get me wrong i've donated many a times but it's it's good to give to these people that don't get those multi-thousand dollar fundings Mm -hmm. i just wish there was more communication between the two i mean i wish there was someone fighting for private rights to keep say black pine snakes and keeping inventory on who's breeding black pines who's bleed who's breeding louisiana pines so that we can take off the restrictions from state to state. We could transport them over so that no one ever has a reason to get them out of the wild. I mean, I think we hinder ourselves with federal protections because in the private sector, we're no longer able to really breed them unless we're keeping them in state. And then it's just kind of wasting the fact that we're trying so hard to produce them. So I wish that people could produce them and let them you know, go to people who love them and won't ever get them from the wild and then say conserve in the wild. That's why you need to get involved in these efforts is because that way there's no need for that. Mm-hmm. That's that's why there's there's no need for, you know, trying to re reintroduction. You know, that's that's what conservation is is mostly about is reintroducing animals well, and, and here, i was gonna say when you come down here make sure you bring a bunch of those pamphlets with you dude i'm gonna bring pamphlets and shirts and i wanted to talk to even um no that's before that i want to talk to the powers that be because I'm also going to be bringing some shirts for the CCCF and the uh, the uh, KCC to uh, carpet to carpet fest. Well, we should uh, definitely in, do if you could bring then, a few then, shirts. I mean, then, even, 
Well, see, here's the thing is I don't want to encroach. You know, I, I want to promote, you know, both of those entities, but I don't want to encroach upon the the initial endeavor of the USARC promotion. You know, I don't want to take funds away from USARC. I don't see why we couldn't do you put up this shirt. The money goes towards that organization. You put up that shirt. The money goes towards that organization. I don't. I don't know if everyone. I, I think no, not at all. And I think with. I, I think all sides of this aspect need to be out there, not just USR. It needs to be everything he's saying about these these programs needs to be heard. And I, I think you know what better way than Carpet Fest and start pushing this out there to like you know look. There's other. We love USR and everything they're doing for us. And they're like you said, they're a big name, and they've got tons of help. And we continuously give them money at the shows, at at the Carpet Fest, at everything. But what about the little guy that's out there fighting for these animals that have no voices? We also got to look out for them because we can't say we love snakes, we love snakes, but we only like this support group. You know what I mean? Like and we only like them in captivity, yeah. yeah. where it doesn't matter. And, and I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of King Cobras. I, I that was one of my favorite snakes growing up. And that's when he started talking, I was wrong, popped straight into my head. And it was just like, I like, I'm all, as soon as he said, that, I was like, yes, like I would donate to that so fast. You know what I mean? Like, yes. So, and I, I, I love that Tom Crutchfield explained it to where, like, I'm not really a man who cares about higher powers, but he was like, this is a, like, animal of god like you look at a bear in the face you're like fuck and like you know it's one of those animals where you're like whoa this is real you know this is a an important part of who we are and what we have and they're a thinking animal it's not just yeah. like some snake they are smart intelligent animals and they're they're watching you they're learning Oh, I love King Cobras. You got to keep him in a bird cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, wow. thank you. Thank you both very much. I, I, I really do appreciate that. I just, you know, I, I know your show is focused on, you know, the keepers and, you know, from the, you know, everything. But uh, for me, it, it just turned into that. And, uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta talk with everybody and make sure that it's all right if if I try to you know peddle my uh, my outside of the uh, box. Uh, I think it's wares. I think it's you know it, it's it's something different. And I talk to a lot of you know I have a lot of zoo folk friends and I have a lot of you know biologists, zoologists, and such friends and. Just if we could just share our knowledge, um, and it's not so much on the private sector because the private sector, it's like, look, Howard wants to do this. Howard has the funding to do this. Howard decides to do this. Fuck all. This is what Howard's doing. Um, but in the uh, in the academic sector, you're really limited to that. But. Uh, I'd, I'd I'd really uh, I gotta talk to Eric and Ellen and make sure I can or ask them for permission rather um, if I could you know try to promote um, more of the conservation level um, and I don't want to take anything away from you, Sark, 
I just want to give to the give to the entities that I'm involved with. Yeah, I, it's so hard at this point. U.S. Arc has done. I mean, if you asked me five, six years ago, I'd be like, I'm not sure what U.S. Arc does, but lately they've been kicking ass, and it's like it is because of all the money that we have raised, right? So it's like, yeah. that's been really, really amazing. And I want to spread, though, that that good fortune on other things. You know, it doesn't only have to be within our little bubble. We can go with, you know, outside our little bubble. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I see a tear. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to give you a tear. I'm going to tell you to, yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't know, and and I'm glad you guys are kind of, you know, on board, or you're you have the might, you know, the right uh, frame of thought to to think about it differently. That it's like, yeah, everybody's, you know, rooting for one thing, but there's so many other things out there. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, if I, I if you that. guys, go ahead. If you got, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I, I agree so much. It's not just about our rights as keepers, because without the conservation of these animals, we wouldn't be able to keep anything. You know what I'm saying? Because most of this stuff could just disappear in the wild, and we never even get a chance to keep it. So, I mean, we got to fight for everything that's in the wild, as well as the things that are in captivity. I mean, they, Look to, me, they, to me, they just go hand in hand. Look at it. It does. It does. Well said. It. Look at the IUCN red list. Look at what's going on with reptiles. And yeah, we like snakes. We're snake people. But man, there's crocodiles. There's everything. Fucking orangutans, tree sloths. Name it. I fucking love a sloth. <laughs> Dude, I fucking yeah. love a sloth. And I know Mel loves some pandolins. Come on. Who doesn't love a pandolin? You don't know what a pandolin is? It's like an armadillo, but but it rolls up in a ball and it's got these like armor plated kind of scales on it. That sounds exactly like an armadillo. She doesn't know what a pandolin is? You'd have to see a picture. It's of the it. it's the most exploited animal in the world. Other than Howard. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Every time I type this in Google, I'm getting. Uh, she she wants to know how to spell pandolin. Hang. It's. I tried. Okay, I spelled I'll, it. Put, no, no, Howard, no, no. How do you let spell me. it? P A N D O L. I O N. That's a bird. You gave me a bird here. It's Come a on, bird. Let me I, every time I Google, I get different shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bird. The first time I spelled it, I got houses. The second time I spelled it was Japanese little boys. Oh And now God. the third time is birds. So <laughs> you just went back into our history and got the Japanese little boys. <laughs> I'm double fist. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Whoa, that looks like a dinosaur creature. Now she found a pandolin. Yep. And 
So we want to conserve conserve these things because they're slow, they're stupid, they're easily eaten and taken. How are those big as fuck? No. Yeah, they're like every other American on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> How big are these things? Well, I think not not large. Right yeah, maybe a little you bit. You probably fit it on your forearm if you needed to. Never touching that—that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a super interesting animal, and there's just too many... It's weird as fuck. I mean, at this point, it's just having the habitat, especially. My, that, that's, that, is, that is my whole point about everything, is the habitat fragmentation of everything. And, like, when the uh, storm went through, the hurricane went through Cuba and everything else, and Zapata Swamp, and... That was one of those storms. That storm could have wiped out the rhombifer completely. Mm-hmm. Killed the whole population. Yeah. Just from a just from a storm that's natural that happens. So now what can we do? I mean, we see so many species that are imported fucking daily that we could easily just not be assholes. We could keep them, be patient and breed them. What can the normal keeper do to, you know, help conservation while having fun in their hobby? Be selective. That's that's the best thing I can tell you is be selective. And I I hate importing animals. I do not do it, but after, you know, showing you that red beak snake, that Rufius, sometimes it's essential, but is it essential to work with a project or is it essential to make money? And the the reason I ask that is because I've had people behind me vending tables that have had deli cups or Chinese food containers full of 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 reptiles, amphibians. Yeah. And my friend asked me, they're like, well, so how do they take care of those? They don't. Right. When importers buy animals, I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. But when importers buy animals, they attribute a loss. All right, so I can make X amount of dollars off of 15 of these. I'll import 25 of these because I know 10 are going to die throughout importation or throughout being them at shows and selling them and this, that, and the other. And that's just, that's just the market. And it's like, let me get rid of this as soon as I can, because Hey, it's going to die much better than a dead snake in the tank. Yep. It's going to die. Right. It's going to die. And then you get people that buy these boomerang animals. And when I say boomerang animals, I mean, crocodilians. Mm-hmm. And I've been to 
many different shows where they're, you know, I have people coming around before the shows or during the shows with dog crates with more lets in them, American alligators in them that are at that three to four foot mark right where they start to make the change Mm -hmm. to where that little cute little alligator or that cute little more lets. Yeah, that's, that's now a formidable animal. Hey, you know, I'll sell it to you cheap. No. It just doesn't make any sense to me it, it, it's at also, all. It's also kind of sad that a lot of these shows, like the, the people that put the shows together, wow. that they don't, they don't police that. And it's like, I mean, their whole... They're not going to. Yeah, it's like just They're as not long going as we to. sell a table, hey, we're good. And it's like, you guys should step up and that benefits everybody, you know. <laughs> Certain things, I, I I feel like everybody should be allowed to have what they want within reason, and you have to be responsible. I mean, not everybody's responsible enough to own King Cobras. But you got to have a license to drive a yeah. car. You got to do a lot. Yeah, of but things. not everybody can drive even with yeah. license. So I mean, <laughs> you, you know, I I feel like everybody, certain people, you know. But we know classes, we know but, just off the bat who's able to keep it. Just knowing people in the hobby, you're like. Oh, that's cool. Like, we know who can handle a croc, who can handle this, who can handle that, who has the resources. I think we just gotta, we just gotta get wealthy and put on our own show and deny like, everyone. Like, how we're saying, it's like a lot of these guys, I mean, even look at the retic market. Like, some of these big name people out there, they don't give a shit who that snake goes to. No. They'll sell to a 13 year old kid. Trust me, I know because I've been that 13 year old <laughs> kid and got sold a retic and I didn't know shit. And so, I mean, it's about that dollar. And then you've got certain guys that, that have retics. And, I mean, they're just like, how's your setup look? Oh, you don't have a setup yet? Go get your setup first. Then I'll sell you if we can talk. And that's how you know, yeah. it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I was saying earlier. And uh, so Jason Bailey and I are vending this show up, which, which is a hot show up in uh, – Pennsylvania and here it is summertime and we're in shorts and flip-flops and all that jazz and uh, I'm walking out the door and Jason grabs me by my shoulder and yanks me back there's some 14 year old kid carrying a 10 gallon glass aquarium with probably about a year and a half old Western Dimeback. Sounds like a Pennsylvania thing. It was Pennsylvania. Yeah. We're moving. There. Either Texas those, or Pennsylvania. So no, no. Yeah. I had a little Westie in there. And uh, he had a screen top on his 10 gallon aquarium with packing tape on it. Fuck. And, and we were walking out this the door at the same time and Jason grabbed me by the shoulders and pulled me back. I'm like, what's going on? What the fuck? And then he pointed and I was like, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you drop that. That's a whole bunch of messed up stuff. That, but yeah, there's, there's that, no oversight. I got, I got yelled at by another vendor because I, I ruined one of his sales. He wanted to sell somebody a a venomous animal and 
that person had no clue what was going on. And uh, I talked him out of it. And the guy wanted to kill me. The vendor wanted to kill me. I'm like, dude, I was like, that that's a young, you know, that dude's like 20-something. And it's like a human being's life? Yeah. Over a sale? And, and, and you want to sell him a freaking Rhino Viper? Fuck. For money? I mean, there's so many different aspects. It, it, it's like one. There, there, it's a there's... They can get bit. They can be in the hospital. They could die. And then there's the whole... Well, no, all these other places really want to shut us all down from owning pets anyway, and you just give them a loaded gun. Like I don't. My main thing with that is my main thing issue is it's not going to be that jackass. His brother, his sister, his family member is going to get bit and die. It's not the dummy; it's somebody else. And the real dummy is the person selling the animal. Yep. And I had a, you know, I had a friend of mine, he uh, is a uh, arachnid guy. He's like, dude, they had a 1.1, you know, black packs, black Pakistani spitting cobras available. Adults, possible gravid, 300 bucks. Three hundred dollars, and uh, he's like, "So, Howard, do you keep hots?" I was like, "No, man. I'm, I like I like getting bit too much. I don't keep hots." But it, it, yeah, it's it's a completely different different thing, and it's it's oversight no matter where you are, whether it's hots and people not dying or whether whether it's oversight as far as people recognizing what their abilities are and what they aren't. Yeah. I think it's just knowing what is what in education. I don't think it's bad having a venomous snake, but certainly uh, but these days, everybody's an expert on Facebook. Right. But why? Yeah, that's something I'd like to touch on, but we don't have time for that. No, zero past time, boys. <laughs> Mom, the clockkeeper over here. Yeah. Howard, is there any last thing that you want to get out there before we wrap it up? Yeah, I do. About all this fucking Facebook shit. Enter twenty minute rant. Go for it. All right, first rant. All right, this is going to be my first and last rant, and this is my rant of all the times, is if you go and contact people that have been doing this or have this knowledge and have had boots on the ground for many, many years, Please listen to them. We all have a different idea or a different method, but it's all very similar. Please do not waste our time by talking to us and then going to a forum and then end up killing your snakes. 
Absolutely. And and real quick, the reason why I say that is because I get people that ask me questions and they're talking to me and they're talking to other people that other carp people that have been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years, blah, 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 whatever. And then they find a solution on a different page mm-hmm. and they're snake eyes. Well, I've had people like they pin you against each other. They're like, well, this guy said this. And I'm like, well, fuck, man. I just do what works for me. Get away. I'm sorry. I'm not a vet. You know, it's tough. I mean, there is no easy answer for everything. No, there's not. But it, there's 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 no issue. If you talk to, I mean, all right, carpet breeders, throw the names up in there. Oh, uh, are you telling us that those names <laughs> over there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Eric Burke. When, when, when you think of carpet python breeders. Alex, uh, Todd Dyer. Todd Dyer. Yeah, Eric, Todd. Balin. Keep going. Mud. Balin. Eric Kreider. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stephen Katz. Now we're getting deep. Howard Redding. Howard Redding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. I was waiting for that. Fuck somewhere off. way down but- <laughs> yeah well that's what i was wondering is i was wondering i was like man if you picked me to be on your show are you like saving the best for the last or are you just scraping the bottom of the barrel we were taking uh, the top of the barrel the top of the barrel (laughs) that's okay but no that's my point is if you were to ask all of us even the bottom of the barrel that have been doing this for a long long time you're going to get pretty much the same answer. Yeah, and it, it's like that in I you know you 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 talk to you talk to to Mutton and Rendles and Balin and Redding and Keller and all of us guys that have been around carpets for decades. And sorry that and we didn't you, say Michael Pinnell by the way. I should put that out there since we're in Texas. Oh, sorry. Mike, sorry. Cheers. <laughs> and yeah, Bill. and you, you go you go to those people and you talk to all of them. And then you find your resource on a different forum and you kill all your animals. That's what bothers that's what bothers me. Well, I think you have a unique opportunity to be in a community, which is Moralia, that actually talks to each other besides maybe two big sects that don't talk to each other. But, I mean, Moralia people tend to, you know, have carpet fest, you know, have NPR. You know, it's a, more of a community feel. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there was... uh like when we did uh when we started doing uh carpet row at uh at tinley that was that was uh that was definitely part of it is there was there's a lot of other people all across you know the the gecko people the retic people the ball python people they're everybody they're like well how can you do that your competition is right next to you. How, how does that work out? I was like, it works out perfectly. 
They're like, why? You got the whole back row of Tinley Park and it's all carbon python people. Your competition's right there. I was like, it's easy. Hey, Howard, do you have this? No, I don't, but hey, come on down here. Hey, Joe, this is my friend Jason. Jason, Joe is looking for this. And it's so funny then, to say that because I've seen that firsthand at NARBC, I think last year. And the carpet people are just like, hey, man, if I can't get it for you, here's my buddy over here. He's got it. I saw the ball python people. I'm not going to name any names, but they were it, like arguments because oh this dude's selling this for this and I mean they're they're just getting and mad that, at and each it doesn't other. matter quality it's yeah. just the jeans that and are I'm in just it. like dude I, this is why I love carpet people because everybody's like let's all get together drink some beer hang out you know dude and that's that that's exactly why I like that community is because the same thing it's like hey oh you're looking for you know tires talk to hey jason's talk to jason jason this is my friend joe joe talk to jason jason sell joe a fucking tiger and no one's that's gonna what be he wants like no one's gonna be like <laughs> i have the best tiger because everyone kind of knows like you're gonna go for balance you're gonna go to balance for tigers you know so it's yeah like everyone has and, their respective lanes also and and i'll get cold calls out of the blue dude i'll get calls out of the blue Tuesday night, somebody will call me, say, hey, I was I was looking for this type of, you know, this look of a jungle or this look of this. And, you know, Jason told me to call you or so-and-so told me to call you. And we kick off, you know, we send people the, if somebody's looking for something, we put them to what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not worried about making a dollar. We we all have our own ways to waste our money, but that's what I love about the uh, the carpet python community. Is it's like, yeah, I don't I don't have it right now, and I've I've heard unfortunately, I've heard people say, well, I don't have it right now, but I'll have it next year. Mm. You know, pardon me. Nothing. It was a side. It was a rude side comment. Well, I was just wondering if if someone is looking for a jungle, a perfect yellow and black banded jungle that will tickle their fancy. Where can they You'll get in touch with you? <laughs> yeah, blow up their skirt. Or yeah, something that'll blow up their skirt. Where can they get in touch with you? Where can they get in touch with me? Yes. I'm uh I don't have a website because nobody does that anymore. Um I'm on Facebook and Instagram. At Rudding Reptile Breeders. There you go. And how either way obviously on Facebook. Yeah, how running on Facebook and running reptile breeders on Facebook for a and profile Instagram. picture that's metallic looking, kind of looks like a binder clip. So, <laughs> right? No, I'm I'm just just some guy just doing my thing, man. It's as after after a while, it's you know I got to be honest with y'all. After a while, it's just. In people, p- 
people know where to go and people know who to ask. Mm-hmm. And and people that are listening, I want to tell you this. I've I've heard from a lot of people that are very interested and very tr- driven. And and please don't stop that drive. Please don't stop that drive. But they want to get known. And I hear that a lot. I want to be known. I want people to know me for what I produce and what I do. And what do you think are the best ways to do that? Produce good shit consistently. You or have a your, podcast. You gotta, yeah, you gotta get your <laughs> name out there. And it, I mean, it's gotta be positive, but you don't have to be. How am I trying to say this? Because I, I feel like I worked to get my name out there. Mm-hmm. And you know how many clutches of snakes I've had? One. <laughs> One. Yeah, people know you yeah, with so that. Yeah, I, so many people, people know who I am, and I've bred snakes once, and it was some mud carpets. That was it. But I worked on, you know talking to people and hanging out with people and just, you know, like carpet fest. But that's like, what keeps it fun too. Fest. Let's do this down here and then do it. Yeah. It, it's not about YouTube likes and, and you know, the silly shit. It's, it's about keeping it real and just having a passion and rolling with it and not giving up. Like Howard said, like just keep doing what you love and people will come to you. You know what I mean? Like, the snakes sell themselves. They really do. Well, for me, it's all about YouTube likes and Instagram likes. So, <laughs> so that's awkward. Well, awkward. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's the thing is, and I have people. The reason why I ask that question is because there I've heard many different answers. And my best advice to all of them, and I've had breeders ask me this that have been breeding longer than I have and what you need to do is be here in five years or be here in three years be here in five years be here in ten years just don't give just be here and they may love you they may hate you you know you might love Howard, you might hate Howard, but you know who the fuck I am. <laughs> True story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things. And they're like, well, well, you know, everybody knows who you are. I was like, well, just be out there and, and do your thing. And don't worry about anybody else. Just keep going with it. Mm-hmm. And everything will be fine. Just give it time. That's that's all you can do. It is just put your time in, and that goes in many different aspects of life. Mm-hmm. You know, many different aspects of life. Just if you're around, and you know, moons ago it was, you know, the the five year plan, and now it's the three year, two year plan where people think they love it and it's fun and it's great and this, that, and the other, and then they're out. Yeah. I think it's easy to see when those fly-by-nighters come along and you always see it. It is. It is. And 
and you sometimes you make your bets and then you're like, holy shit, that person stuck around. Or you're like, holy shit, that person yeah. left. And you're like, oh, fuck. Well, I'll tell you something. Like, as old timers, I say us, but some of us, yeah. We're like, why in the fuck are we still doing this? But it's also not an option we're, to not do it anymore. We're, we're, it's not. No, no, it's not an option. No, we're we're stuck. We're totally screwed in all this. We're just, yeah, idiots and stuck on it. But it, uh, it's it's fun, man, and and it's the people, right? That's that's what it's the people that are involved in it that that really uh, make things matter to me. Absolutely. And I know, I know many others and there's, you know, it's, it's a tight group, but even though it is, you know, a, a, I'd like to think a, a tight group, we're always welcome to, to teach people or people to ask. Um, I met Jason Balin for a few m- moments and then uh, I said, hey, man, I'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm. And he was, I got to say, Jason Balin is definitely one of my, he he was my mentor. I mean, that shows how important it is to get in touch with people within your area. Speaking of which, Evan Browder. Tell us where we can reach you and where to buy your fruit flies. This motherfucker, man. Um, You can find me on Instagram, uh, Carpet Cartel, Facebook, Andre Evan Browder, and Carpet Cartel. And that's about it. And if you know me locally, you have my phone number. Maybe. And I don't breed fucking fruit flies. <laughs> For fruit flies. Yeah, because I, I keep the, you know, I, I've been building uh, vivariums and I keep dart frogs. And yeah. Something, I don't even know where Joe came up with that about being the fruit fr- fruit fly breeder. Well, but, it was something like we were talking on the podcast. It's like, you have anything going and you were breeding fruit flies. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> I think I just said like an off the cover, oh, fruit flies, that's all I can breed. And then it just stuck. There you go. Now people are now people know you. See, this is a full getting your name out thing. But I got rats too now. That is true, rats. Holy fuck yeah, we're going a little too long winded, aren't we? Yes, I have to take this over to cut this off. Um, Howard, thank you so much for being on. I have to say, without a doubt, this is the most I've laughed in our podcast. Like, hundred percent hands down, that goes to you. I haven't laughed this hard in a podcast yet. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm glad to add some levity to your evening. I think it was due to the binder. Yeah, it's supposed to be binder. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Everyone else can see you. Wait, 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 wait. He's the yes, there we go. <laughs> now everyone can see him. Yay. <laughs> Oh, and I also like that you're wearing a beer shirt because, you know, we're all about snakes and beer. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, Raleigh Brewing. It, it's a it's a nice little brew pub in uh, Raleigh. North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina, yes, yes. Um, fun place, kind of like with a spoke and everything else. It's uh, bicycle-related. They have really tasty brews. I 
encourage going there. I enjoyed myself. Awesome. We like that. Did you drink any beer during this podcast? Yes, of course I did. I I was drinking. He was drinking while he's showing us the binder. (laughs) True Eggs Perpetual. Never heard of that. Is that a Northeast thing? It is. It is. Uh, They're at a... Wherever the fuck they are, they're out of damn tasty. That's where they're out of. Um, Trags. I think they're out of Pennsylvania. I hate to say that because that hurts me. <laughs> Do you have something against Pennsylvania? Oh, I have so many things against Pennsylvania. Oh, great. This is awesome. <laughs> Did you know we're moving there in three months? Oh, right on. You guys are moving here in Penn. Oh, man. You you guys are idiots. I love you, but you're idiots. Yeah, July first, no, we're moving. I was like, I told them to stay here. They want to move. I was no, like, no, we're that. moving to the north. This yeah. Louis, oh, this they're, Louisiana they're gonna girl's gonna quick. be a northerner. It's gonna be very scary. That's right. I'll teach you how to show them uh, how to source crawfish. <laughs> I actually did read all those messages. I mean, it's a shame that you had to find it. But also, I could no one asked me, the girl from the state one over, for any help. So, you know, I'm from there, but you no one She's asked right. me. I didn't even no, honestly no I didn't one even asked think about me. it. Yeah. Trust people from Louisiana to read We're literally getting wait, the crawfish wait. from there, so shut the fuck up. I mean, my 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 thing is because I know I've seen Howard do this like over and over, and that was the only other person I could think to talk to about crawfish because I've seen it over and over. I forget He's that from you're Maryland, from there, so <laughs> Howard's got crabs. What? No, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's I've seen it over and over. He's always got these boils going, and there's Mingo with his face down yeah, in the crabs. And he's, and... he's getting it from Kinnerbra, which no one out of Louisiana will understand why I just said that. that sounds German. No, if you, you said Kinnerbra, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, but. But it's funny you're getting it from Kinner. Have you ever actually been to Kinner? Myself, yeah. What? Why? Because it's right next to the airport. That's very true. The airport is technically in Kinner. <laughs> you're right. You're Louis, there. Louis, Louis, right there. Come on now. Good old MSY. Okay. Yeah. You're from I... Louisiana. You just got schooled. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, why? And, I thought he meant like and, he'd been there outside of the airport. I know the airport's in Kenner, but. And and hey, if you if you're going to if you're going to Louis, you know, before you go through uh, security, eat at the restaurants before you go into security because there ain't shit once you get in the gate. Oh, the airport's the worst thing ever. It's. it's oh man. Great. But the best thing about um, Louis Armstrong Airport is when you step off your plane in Concourse C, I want to say, there's this huge sign. You know how, like, airports try to make you, like, shut up. You know how airports try to, like, make you like the city you're going to? And they're, like, best in whatever. Yeah. New Orleans, when it says it's, like, best in, like, organ, like, liver transplants. And it's awesome. That's what we're we're so good at. Liver transplants, because everyone comes to becomes alcoholics, fucks up their liver. That's what we're number one in, liver transplants. Hey, have have those kids ever been? All right, look, you land at Louie and uh, at your 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 baggage, you go to pick up your luggage, 
and down there while you're waiting for your luggage, there's a liquor store down there. Duh. I'm sorry. You're in New Orleans, of course. Have those kids... I know you've seen it. Have those kids seen it? No. Nope. No. No. I've only seen Bourbon Street. <laughs> I mean, there's liquor stores everywhere. That's, you know, we all started drinking at 13, and we know how to buy our re- our liquor and drive in the car with it. The The rest of the states in the country can't handle it, but we can. I stick to civilized parts of the U.S. Oh, shit. No, don't worry. Hey, Melissa, you and I are going to go party sometime. We're going to leave these losers. We're going to go down to Louisiana, hang out with my family, go to Slidell, go to get some daiquiri and malts and creams, and we'll be all right. Definitely. I love, I told him the other day how much I miss a daiquiri. You can't even get that one state over in Texas. You want it, you want it in your car to go. I want it in my car yes. and then in my drive, house. Yes. Drive, drive through daiquiri and it ain't open container unless the straw if the paper's off the top. the straw's not in it, it's not illegal. If the straw, they, <laughs> yep. give you a pa- they give you the straw in the paper because they are not breaking any law. If you open it in your car, that's on you. That's not on the business because they gave it to you in paper and mel you know you know you get on uh i-10 before you crack that off right oh duh (laughs) (laughs) see damn i so here's the thing is i'm gonna come down there and i'm gonna teach them how to bowl crawfish and i'm gonna I believe that. And then uh, then we're going to have to teach them how to buy daiquiris, huh? I know. They don't know. They think it's so weird to like want a daiquiri at your house. But that's normal to me. But I'm sorry. I took this mic oh, to in this conversation and I continued it. I didn't know he knew about the great old state of Louisiana. So we'll have to talk about that more later. But how are Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for being on. This was such a great podcast. And thank you, everyone who listened. If you want to find us, obviously, we're at Port City Pythons on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, thank you for the continued support, and we will see you next week. Later, Gators. Bye, guys. Hook them horns. What? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> No, we're not going there. Okay, so Howard, we are still on with you, but we are off the air. Like, can you hear us still, Howard? I don't know if you can hear us. Howard, can you hear us? I think you can. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just fucking with you. (laughs) 